podcast. We got a couple more until we hit the coveted triple digits. Number 100's coming up here in a couple of weeks. I am Chris Jackson, joined by Gregory Moreland soon. Everything's in full swing. Football's going into these postseason races now. League championship races are really heating up. Winter sports are, all, are finishing up open gyms for basketball. Their practices are going to start soon. Then we got the season starting next month with the NorCal tip-off. In volleyball postseason, we had our first taste of action last night. I was at number five, Bishop O'Dowd. Against 12-seeded Granada in the first round of the NCS Division I playoffs, rattle off some of these scores before we go into that matchup. Granada did beat O'Dowd, though, 3-2. to two. You also had top-seeded Foothill, led by Grace Olson, the UCLA commit, beat Liberty. 3-0, Dublin beats Cal 3-1, Amador Valley 3, Castor Valley 0, Monta Vista beats Mission, Bodat. Mission San Jose, my apologies, 3-1. James Logan also beats Heritage, SRE, over Deer Valley. Campolindo over Vintage. D2 opens up tonight, then D3 did conclude its first round last night with Branson beating Alhambra. Nevada beats Encinal, Tamil Pius beats Albany, Terralunda beats Moreau Catholic, Archie Williams, the two seed, beats Ted Royce, 3-0. Sonoma Valley, the one lower seed to win, the 10 seed, shuts out number seven, West County, 3-0, Miramani, 3, Hercules, 0, Rancho Catati, 3, Aquilani's 2, a thrilling matchup in that one, just like the two had in football. D4 first rounds also tonight along with D6, but then D5 will go through those results. Common of the Sacred Heart beat Calistoga 3-0, Bray and Christian 3-0 over Cloverdale. Drew beats Upper Lake, Sonoma County, Sonoma Academy over Hoopa Valley 3-0, the Bay School beats Credo 3-0, College Prep beats Willits, Clear Lake beats St. Vincent DePaul, and Urban beats Salesian in that great 6-11 matchup 3-2. We did get to see that Granada win over O'Dowd. O'Dowd comes in undefeated in league play, one of the top 10 rated teams in the Bay Area. But Granada comes in with Nyeli Tia. The San Jose State commit pulls off a huge win on the road. You could say they shocked Bishop O'Dowd, but it certainly did not shock Granada that they won that matchup. A huge one there. They go up one nothing in that a crazy first set that I think lasted 45 minutes back and forth. Zinzi Montgomery against Nile Tia. Just those two at the net against each other. It was phenomenal. Cameron Johnson making big plays for Bishop O'Dowd as well. They got so many setters, hitters that are just ridiculous. You could see why they were a top 10 team. But Granada setting up its star. They lose those next two sets. They're not 2-1, but they come back in that fourth set and win that. They set up that crazy fifth set. And who was it but Nyeli Tia coming up with a lot of the finishing touches in that one. Kind of a hectic final situation there. Granada was supposed to go 14 to 11. They call that back. It's 13 to 12. But Granada goes on a run. Nyeli Tia finishes it off. And Granada, one of the more entertaining sporting events I think I've seen this entire year, even dating back to that spring when we had some crazy matchups, pulls off that victory. They're going to be playing Amador Valley in the quarterfinals of NCS on Saturday evening. There's also one-seeded Foothill against eight-seeded Dublin, a lot of EBAL matchups there in those quarterfinals. And two-seeded Montevista is going to face seven-seeded James Logan. And third-seeded San Ramon Valley going to be facing number six, Camp Lindo there on Saturday. So we got a lot more volleyball coverage on tap. Stay tuned for all of that at westcoastpreps.com. We've got our stuff from the Bishop Wood versus Granada 
opening round results are all up on the website too so be sure to check that out but now we've also got some exciting stuff we'll turn greg over to the merchandise section new west coast preps merchandise is up and to say this is as fire as it gets i think it's probably my favorite new piece of gear that's up on the website yeah i mean it's simple um here's you know one of the hoodies this is not the new one though i'm sure you guys have seen this one around um but new new merch uh, just says West Coast Preps Gar logo on it, but it's got a cool font. Um, but the exciting part of our new merch is that we got some new lower prices. I know it's been uh, something that we've been trying to work on in, in order to, to make this happen for our student athletes to be able to afford our merchandise and, and make it easier for all of them. So new lower pricing for it um, for just about every single one piece of our merch so make sure you go check it out um, on teespring and the link is in our bio for instagram and on twitter as well so <clears throat> make sure you go check that out and we will also post the link on twitter again today just so that way it is easy for you guys to find but yeah new merchandise go check it out go get yours today and make sure you're repping west coast preps definitely i support the student athletes of the bay area and the west coast as well and get yourself some merch you know the saying, Bay Area versus everyone. I know that's been a hot one. And it's true. We've said that many, many times. Now let's go into some football action. We've had a lot. We hinted at it in our last podcast to give Skyline some love. They had pretty much every reason to fold because previous head coach Joe Bates, the alum of Skyline, helped bring them back to really Bay Area relevance on the football field. It have been over a decade since they got into a silver bowl. He brought them to two, won nine games in 2019. But – he leaves, moves to Florida late in the summer. So Casey Adams, also an alum there, but he comes in already shorter off season, right? It's tougher for head coaches to take over that. But not only that, it's even shorter for him because he's coming late in the summer to turn this thing around. In Skyline now, after the really tough schedule to start off in non-league, they're really coming in hot. They've won a few. They've won their last game. They beat Fremont a team with some national recruits. 31 to 13 in that game. Skyline's three and three overall, one and oh in the Oakland Athletic League. They got a big game against Oakland Tech, who's five and one on Saturday. <clears throat> That's gonna be a great one. But Skyline doing a lot of great things. Again, a lot of talent. Casey Adams doing a great job. Really continuing what Joe Bates did and also picking up the pieces because that was as tough a situation as it gets to step into and follow up a guy like Bates. But he's really leading Skyline back to one of those top programs in Oakland. And it looks like so far skyline, like you had mentioned in the preseason is probably one of those front runners for another silver bowl trip. Yeah, no, I think that they've quietly done this this year. Um, <clears throat> you know, there, there's a ton of talent still on that skyline team that, that the new coach got to come in and kind of make his own at, at that point after Bates left. And so Casey Adams has done a great job. Um, tough situation for sure, without a doubt, but they've quietly just, I've been there doing their thing, winning football games, and and you can see that it's paying off dividends early on from the work that they put on, and, and now they get the huge face-off on Saturday night, primetime, at 7 p.m. Yes, they do, and Oakland Tech's a hot team. They beat Casamon 26-24. They've also beat Oakland 54-12. to They're 2-0 in league. They've won four straight. So that game at Oakland Tech in North Oakland, 7 p.m. Saturdays. Going to be a big one. Going to have a lot of implications on the line for that one. Give Skyline some love here, too, because we saw we saw all offseason, right? Darius Fontenot, an MVP at every showcase he attended. A beast at that Montana camp in June. 
He's doing great stuff on the defensive line. Devin Strahan, Manuel Delo Torres, great offensive lineman, great lineman, Nick Kunesh. Got the tight ends of Marco Stubbs Ward. You've got an athlete like Jeremy Bart. So a lot of talent coming up through that Skyline program. Really trying to get themselves closer to that McClyman's realm. As we know, McClyman's had that run where they went to four straight state championship games. It's kind of looking to really build itself up to that upper echelon of Oakland football. Before we move on, though, into our next topic, some sad news really did come out from Oakland because Fremont assistant Adrian Cooper was diagnosed with cancer. He announced that on social media over the past week. Really tough break, but I know he's going to be a guy that fights and our thoughts and prayers go with him. They've done a great job at Fremont to really give a lot of great things for these kids on the field, off the field. They've got over a 3.0 GPA. He's a big reason why he's helped. A lot of these kids become national recruits, get a lot of interest, Pac-12, Mountain West interest. We're thinking about him, and we know that he's going to fight through this and beat this cancer battle. Yeah, I mean, thoughts and prayers go out to him. Um, I, I know that he's going to battle through it, and you know, I've heard nothing but great things about this guy and about him. So wishing him the best and wishing him good luck, as I know he's going to battle and persevere through it. So. Now it's more some lighthearted stuff. It's time to get on Greg a little bit because Greg was not picking Monta Vista, and that might change again. I think that might change again. They were 0-6 in the spring. Every time he picked them, they lost. Maybe it was the GMT effects. They didn't like the fact that he was picking for them. Maybe they liked that adversity of Greg picking against them. I don't know. But now 7-0 this fall, and Greg, you got to see them beat Cal. A huge win that kept them undefeated. I was wrong, and about all I can say about that is, uh, is I was wrong because they are that good of a team. Um, when you look at you know kind of what they do, there's no one out there that is just taking the focal point because everyone on that team does everything well, right? There's nothing that they're like they do this great, but they don't do this. No, everything that they do across the board is good. And, and CJ's big message after the game was, we're not done yet. He told me that when I got to go up and talk to him for a few minutes afterwards. He told the team that, not done yet. I know he has mentioned it on Twitter. I think I saw a post or two saying not done yet. So, And that's really kind of what has been throughout the team. You know, we still have some games left. They still have two really hard games left in that in that division. <laughs> you know, they, they go this week and play Clayton Valley, and then go next week and play their Crosstown rival in San Ramon. So it's going to be a tough two weeks for them, and they're not done yet. But just look at this team. Dylan Devitt, you know, had 154 yards, two touchdowns, an interception that was really more on just the receiver slipping um, with the wet conditions, and then a rush touchdown as well. Adam Wright had five carries, 79 yards, and a touchdown. Rocco Schramm, 141 yards on 31 carries. He's just an absolute workhorse and a beast. Um, Cole Basha, who had a great game as well, six catches, 69 yards. Stevener had 35 yards in touchdown. Andrews, the stat line really doesn't say how much he did. He had four catches, 24 yards, and a touchdown. But the dude just makes big plays when he needs to make big plays. And he had the game finishing sack as well. So as defense did hold Teddy Borsa, 8 of 20 passing for 103 yards, a touchdown and an interception on probably one of the best offenses in in the Bay Area. Um, they've been electric all year long, and they just score at will. And they, they did occasionally, you know, put it up 22 points in this game. They had a couple of drives where it was just, you know, they struck quickly. But it just wasn't enough to become, overcome Monta Vista, who have had some big wins this year already. 
they do. Cedar Anderson, we spoke with him as soon as he took that Monta Vista job, saying he kind of wanted to model this like a pro style, pro system, and treat it like a pro program. And that's the way it's going. It looks like one of those teams, everybody's stepping up the Rocco's Ram, the Dylan Devitts, Adam Wright, really stepping up big, Zach Diebner. And look what they're doing. Their defense, as you mentioned, held Teddy Boris to 103 yards, well below his average. Cal to just 22 points. And here's all of their wins this season. Hayward, 37-7 to win. James Logan, with all their athletes, held them to 14 points. Liberty with Nate Bell in that prolific offense, 14 points. Shout out El Cerrito. Held Livermore to 7 points. Amador Valley to 7. And then Cal to 22. Monta Vista doing a fantastic job. And those contributions are everywhere. They've got 10 players with at least one catch, eight players with 70-plus yards this year with Adam Wright at 132, Endries at 339, Chris White at 147, Debner at 79, Cole Bossy at 491, Max Archadera, 77, Rocco Sram, 70, in addition to his 492 rushing yards. Actually, just decommitted from Colgate for lacrosse to pursue football opportunities. He's got a football offer. He's visited Cal in Colorado the last few weeks. Sure, more stuff's going to pick up for him and Tyler Hibbard. 88 yards, and they've got their great quarterback, Dylan Devitt, really picking up where he left off. Showed some promise in the spring, but a first-year starter with that weird offseason, having to replace a great quarterback like Jack Stewartson this year. 70.3% completion percentage, 1,466 yards, 19 touchdowns, five picks. But this road doesn't get any easier because now they've got Clayton Valley Charter on the road this Friday, and then San Ramon Valley to top it off. Yeah, This is tough. This is going to determine this league race. If Monta Vista maybe gets it out right, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it gets shared, or maybe somebody else somehow comes up on top of this league. Yeah, uh, someone would have to explain to me all the tiebreakers because we've had Clayton Valley lose to Cal, but then they beat San Ramon Valley, and then Cal will play San Ramon Valley this week, which is still a huge game. But if Clayton Valley beats Monta Vista, then who goes to the tiebreaker and see that? that this division is just too confusing for me because everyone's beat everyone at this point. Yeah, we mentioned it. I, we didn't really think a team would just run the table in this league. Maybe Monta Vista does. The schedule is tough, though. Maybe Clayton Valley wins these next few games. San Juan Valley, with all of its talent, does. Cal bounces back and wins these games. Really, who knows? And Amador Valley, don't forget about them. Sure, you look at their record 0-3, but they've had a couple of really tight games and tight losses on this side of the division. They're playing well. They're really starting to grow. They've got a great front seven defensively, some great secondary, some really good pieces offensively, and that great offensive line. But here is a look at those standings. Montevista 2-0, Clayton Valley Charter 2-1, SRV 1-1, Cal 1-1. So really, all of these teams are still in the mix. For all we know, we have a three-way tie at the top of this thing when it's all said and done. And if, if you're all tied, it's just a shared title, really. The NCS will determine who's the best one out of them determine who gets the top seed out of that league. How, but, how do you de- how, if you're the decision committee, and I'm so glad that I'm not a part of it, uh, how do you decide that? <laughs> I'm I mean, glad if Monta you said the table, then, then it's obvious. But, you know, let's play let's play this what-if game that they don't, and they go one-and-one one in these next two. How in the world do you decide who is, is the best? So if they go one-and-one one over these next two, It all determines on this SRV Cal result on Friday, too, to determine who really comes out of that. And then what if SRV loses to Cal but beats Monta Vista? There's so many scenarios. I wouldn't want to be on that committee either that's seeding these teams. We're doing projections on the seeding. 
that'll be up tomorrow on the website of westcoastpreps.com. Check that out again. The way it's been so far, if there's a tie, I would probably give that nod to Monta Vista because if you look at their overall body of work, and if they lose one game, they've only got one loss all season. They've got some quality wins. They beat James Logan, who's now one of the favorites for its league title. Marcus Sanders is healthy again. We're going to get into them later in the show. They beat Liberty. They beat El Cerrito. They beat Amador. They beat Cal. So if Monta Vista even just wins one of these last two games, I think, at least in my opinion, you have to give them that top seed. But I, but I think those two or three teams are probably – Three seeds in a row when it comes to this bracket at the end. And SRV, of course, though, is not Division One. It's going to be Division Two for NCS. These other teams are open division slash D1. But think if it's Montevista and Clayton Valley or Montevista and Cal or Clayton Valley and Cal, they're going to be neck and neck when it comes to that seeding. If Cal, Clayton Valley are right there at the top, and then Cal gets the nod because of their head-to-head result, Montevista gets the nod over Clayton Valley. Or not, not over Clayton Valley yet because we don't know the final result and how those teams do. Montevista Cal, Montevista gets the nod. Montevista Clayton Valley, if it wins, then I think we know how that's going to shake out. Montevista is going to be the top seed out of this league. But if Clayton Valley beats Montevista, maybe Clayton Valley then gets the top seed from this league when it comes to that NCS postseason. But right now, I would give that to Montevista based on its body of work, being undefeated and having some really good non-league ones too. Clayton Valley's also got some. I know Cal dominated non-league. I'd have to give that edge to Montevista. Yeah. And so the last thing to talk about with Monta Vista is let's preview this game this Friday. I mean, it, if they win, they essentially are going to are gonna win the, the championship, it seems like, or at least have a share of it. But how, how does this one shake out for you? I, I will make more people mad with my prediction, but I'll let you go first, Chris. Clayton Valley is one of those teams, if you let them control that game and control that clock, it's it's going to be a tough day. It's going to be tough because Clayton Valley will have an eight or nine minute, ten minute drive, and they're going to score. And if they hold you scoreless on one or two drives, that game is over. The way Monta Vista is playing, though, I am going to take Monta Vista. But like every other game, this one's going to come down to the final. Probably 30 seconds, I'm going to predict in this one. Monta Vista, I think, though, has so many different pieces they can go to. And I think they're going to win this one. But it's going to be probably, I think, like a 17 to 14 ball game. So went on the road at Clayton Valley, a hostile environment, a tough one with that Clayton Valley coaching staff, that great defense, that really great offense and offensive line that Clayton Valley does boast. I do think Monta Vista wins, but I think it's time we hear what Greg's comment is that's going to really anger a lot of people. Yeah, I, I am on the uh, I'm at the station for the Monta Vista train. You know, the hype train over there. But I'm not quite on it yet. I'm going to go with Clayton Valley. Uh, I, if you're Monta Vista, you better take the ball first. And you better take the lead. Because once Clayton Valley takes the lead, it, it's hard to come back. Because they, they are going to have a 10-minute drive where they just are going to run it and run it and run it and run it some more. So I think that I'm going to go with Clayton Valley. They, they know they've been there. They've been in these tight games all year long. Um historically they they just find a way to win these games and so and i like chaos so i, I want to see everyone with the loss in it and i just want to see chaos and one of the final week with all these different scenarios of what could and could not happen so i'm gonna go with clayton valley cart charter and i think it's gonna be probably like 21 17 i think you're 17 14 somewhere in that range it's not gonna be high scoring at all 
No, it's not. There's not going to be a whole lot of possessions. Every team maybe gets four or five possessions in this ball game to win it. Monte Vista though just keeps finding ways as well. I know that's what Adam Wright told you after the game. We just keep finding ways to win ball games, and I think Monte Vista's going to find a way in this one. But it's going to come down to the end. I think Monte Vista's defense will just make a crucial stop here, there to. I think they just have the defense that can at least limit Clayton Valley to not scoring on one of those long drives. I think that's where it's going to come into play. Clayton Valley, I think, scores on all. I think Clayton Valley's going to drive it. Monavis is going to make a crucial fourth down stop. I think Monavis is really great at that. Monavis is going to come out on top. But, of course, I wouldn't be surprised if Clayton Valley wins either with that team and the way Brendan Bush can make plays. The most underrated quarterback in the Bay Area, by the way, I think is Brendan Bush. We'll highlight him a lot more in this next week or two. Now Marin County. Greg was in Marin County for the biggest matchup in Marin County this season. Marin Catholic hosting San Marin. San Marin undefeated. Marin Catholic number 13 in the Bay Area at the time. Crazy one out there in Marin County. Marin Catholic staying on top of the region for now, but it, it sure wasn't easy. Yeah, no, it was not easy. And considering how this game went the last two years, or the last two seasons, where... San Marin didn't even score a single offensive point. I think they had a safety in there as I, they put up two points, I think, two years ago. But <clears throat> no offensive points. And then all of a sudden, they go up 14 nothing in the first quarter with some great special teams play and some good offense when they needed to. Uh, when they got to short field, they took advantage of their short fields and scored two touchdowns. But Marin Catholic is just... Michael Ingracia just makes plays. He breaks tackles. He makes plays. It's... It's great for our TikTok page because, you know, everyone loves to see it because he makes just amazing play after amazing play. But it helps his football team as well because uh, he fights his way for first downs. But we had 14-14 going to halftime. Marin Catholic scores one touchdown in the second half, and that was really all they needed. The conditions were tough. It was a heavy drizzle, I think I'd like to say. Uh, for the majority of that second half, and it made things hard, made it hard to throw the ball. But somehow Marin Catholic just found a way to hold on. <clears throat> they had a fourth down, or San Marin has a fourth down inside their 20-yard line. Um, went to the end zone twice on third and fourth down and, and just couldn't convert. So they were so close to scoring touchdown as well. I know I had a video of that one where it looked like his foot might have got in. I know I've seen a comment where there was a picture of that. <clears throat> Clearly saw that his foot was out of bounds just by a little, little bit. Um, but, man, that game could have been so much more, probably multiple overtimes if his foot was in. And we have a 21-21 ball game going into the fourth quarter. But I was impressed. You know, I, I went into it. And, you know, I heard people say that Marin Catholic probably going to win pretty easily in this one. And San Marin was – they looked like the better team in the first quarter. And they – they impressed us, and I, I think we showed showed that as they're now ranked. Um, this was their first game that you saw them play a formidable opponent, and they impressed us, and now they go to Tom Pius next week, I believe, and, and that will be another fun game for, for that area. Yeah, that's in the finals for game of the week for West Coast Preps. I know San Marino is in the lead. I'm going to call you guys out. You guys were starting off hot, and you let James Logan Bishop out really come through and – Get a few thousand votes in a couple of hours to take that lead. If you guys want to be Game of the Week again, you want us there, vote yourselves against Tamil Pius for that Game of the Week on Saturday. San Marin, though, they're still outscoring opponents 368-82. to 82. Their first loss 
Marin Catholic's got a strong resume, too. They beat El Cerrito, Casa Grande, Antioch, Redwood. That only loss was on the road at McClyman's. Michael Ingrassi is one of the toughest quarterbacks I've covered. He's not. A, he's really not afraid of anything. He's going to put his body on the line every single play to get a win. Now, how good were those running backs? I've seen Charles Williams before. I haven't seen. I've seen Justin Gwynn in seven on seven in practices. Hoping to see him here in the next couple of weeks in an actual eleven on eleven game. I know he's. I've seen his film, but how good was he? And how good was Charles Williams, that sophomore back from Maroon Catholic? Yeah, I'll start with Justin Gwynn because on both sides of the ball, he impressed me. Um, there, there's a play that I got a video of where he is on the right side of the field and Gracia takes a quarterback keeper to the left side of the field. He finds a small hole and gets them gets them to attack for a loss. Um, and that was probably the most impressive play I, I saw all day from him. But he ran the ball great. He found seams. He, he ripped off big plays. Um, and he just was, he was impressive all around. Um, and then, you know, you go to the other side of the ball, Charles, he, he ripped off a huge run that got held back for a hold that really didn't need to hold because he was probably scoring a touchdown any, either way, whether it was a hold or not. Um, but this flag gets thrown. Um, but he, he mentioned it was, it was hard to get a grip on that field. It was slippery. Um, I saw him a few times go to make a cut and his leg just kind of gave out on him. And I think he'll learn. You know, kind of how to run in the rain, run on wet turf as he grows experience. He's still a young kid, so he's going to learn how to kind of manage the rain a little bit more. And it seemed like he figured it out towards the end of the game, but he was good. He he found his holes. He he fought for extra yards, and he made big runs when he needed to. So I was really impressed with both of those running backs and just the talent all over the field. You know, you had great wide receiver play. You had great quarterback play on both sides. Some of the throws that the quarterbacks made was really kind of eye-catching. Uh, on the run, in the pocket, taking big hits. They all around the field. I was I was impressed the whole way through. Yeah, I think Santa Marin again, one of those rising programs in the Bay Area. That even when some of these seniors graduate, I think San Marin's still going to be right there among the top teams in Marin County. The across the Bay Area, I, I think a really big deep postseason runs in store for them. And now some other rising teams. We're going to rattle some off before we wrap this up. We're going to get into them in a second. Gun, James Logan, Bishop, and out. Some of our rising programs. The first one, though, is gun football. Jason Miller, their head coach, was a finalist for Bay Area Coach of the Year in the spring. They were undefeated. Then they came back with a shortened offseason, though, less. they lost 9 of 11 starters. You only have a summer to work on that. Tough task at hand to replace all those starters and really pick up where you left off. But they have. They're 6-2 and two overall. They've lost twice. They lost to Monterey early in non-league. They lost to Los Altos, who's in first place at the top of the standings. But since then, to that Los Altos game, they were like, hey, this isn't gun football. we got to get back to who we are. And they have. They've won two straight. They're in second place in the El Camino League standings. They beat Lindbrook 55-15. to And they beat undefeated Cupertino on its home field, 41-27. to Biggest takeaway is this gun running game, this offensive line, this running game, they do so well. James Lambert, a quarterback, might be the fastest quarterback I've ever watched. 231 rushing yards, three touchdowns on 14 carries. He had a 35-yard touchdown run where he juked the guy out and just sped his way past everybody. Ridiculous player out there. He, he never needs to throw because he can run so much and just torture defense. Puts up 41 on a great team like Cupertino. Kevin Green, 122 yards on the ground. Philippi Montez, 147 yards. 
The defense allowed 14 points in the first 16 minutes, then the rest of the way, 13 in the final 20-plus minutes of that ballgame. They held Cupertino quarterback Jaden Hall, a star and company, in check in the second half of that game. And Noah Panousis had an interception, a fourth down stop, a great player on defense. He really embodies what gun football is, making the big plays, stepping up for your teammates, getting contributions all across the board. Now they've got three guys with 600-plus rushing yards. Kevin Green, 783 yards, 14 touchdowns. Averaging over eight yards per carry, James Lambert, the quarterback, 600 yards, seven touchdowns, nine and a half yards per carry. And Felipe Montez, 728 yards, nine touchdowns, 13.2 yards per carry. Yeah, Gunn, I mean, it's been an impressive year. I know you, you've got, got to see him. I have not had the pleasure to go see him yet this year. And what a great coaching job it's been, just really kind of turning that season around after a couple of early losses. But a couple other teams that we want to get into as well. They're playing each other essentially probably for the league championship this year. James Logan, Bishop O'Dowd. Two teams that really struggled out of the gates, but has turned it around. And James Logan especially. Uh, opening week, just could not figure it out. Um, but now they're right in four-game winning streak. Against Freedom, San Leandro, Kennedy of Fremont, and Hayward. Or no, the last four weeks. You know, what have you seen from them that has really kind of been their their changing of, of the guard there? I think you have to look at it. When Marcus Sanders went down, their starting quarterback, the big prospect, and always got division one interest from schools like Nevada. That's tough. You lose your starter, your leader. What are you gonna do? But they have a sophomore, Robert Mendez comes in. I think it almost brought this team together thinking, hey, this do we really want to do this thing that we've talked about this season? We've talked about this. We want to win a league championship, and now they're in a great position to do so. If they beat Bishop O'Dowd on Friday, they at least clinch a share. Whoever wins that game does at least clinch a share of a league championship. But Robert Mendez, 3-1 and one in his four appearances this season, three straight victories. He was 9 of 13 for 298 yards and two scores to beat Freedom. 8 of 14 for 146 yards to beat San Leander on the road, and that's a monumental win because San Leander earlier this year beats Cardinal Newman. They were a top 15 team at one point in the Bay Area, previously ranked. You win that game on the road, 35-33, to 33, was huge. You've got Khalid Robinson with a 793 rushing yards, the eight touchdowns, the 281 receiving yards, and two touchdowns. He's their leading receiver, their leading rusher. That family moving from Antique has really boosted James Logan on the football field. They've got this winning streak. And now Marcus Sanders is back. Don't forget that that early schedule wasn't easy. Cal, Tennyson, Monavista, Heritage, all losses. Two of those teams ranked. One of them sitting right on the bubble is Tennyson. Heritage, a young team. A great culture and a lot of young talent there under Dave Fogelstrom. James Logan was setting up a big game against Bishop without maybe a vent. You still there, Chris? Did I lose you? Chris, can you hear me? Looks like we are having some technical difficulties as Chris is losing his connection here. But <clears throat> I'll just kind of move forward as to kind of what he was talking about. Um, he has really just been, what he was trying to say is James Logan. I mean, that tough schedule early on with what they had was was definitely tough. As it looks like we might be getting Chris back here. 
But we're going to move on to Bishop O'Dowd, who they will be playing this Friday night and are in the lead for Game of the Week voting, which is on westcoastpreps.com. So make sure you go get that. Um, but we're going to try and get Chris back on here. Chris, can you hear me? Yes, I can. I put my phone on Do Not Disturb, but somehow a spam call still went through and exited me out of the app. I'm tired of spam calls, man. Is there a way we could just end spam calls from everybody? No. I think West Coast Prep, should we get into the spam call business, just call everyone to subscribe to westcoastprep.com. You know, why not? Why not? We will we'll not do that at like 3 a.m. We will not be doing that, but no, I did get I into Bishop O'Dowd. Just a little bit uh, as you got lost in there, but three straight wins since the loss at Liberty. They're unbeaten in the league. Their latest wins are 46-6 over Hayward Morrell Catholic, 49-13, and the Piedmont 30 one to eight. And they have done this with their starting quarterback, Mel Dixon, just playing one game. But they also did struggle early on in the year um, as they also had a very, very tough schedule um, early on as well. Yes, they did. You have to replace your starting quarterback, <clears throat> Jesse Madden, some great seniors. It's tough. They have that tough loss of Liberty. Running clock comes into effect there in Brettwood on that Thursday night. Ty Jones really stepping in at quarterback. The funny story about this is Jesse Madden, now at the University of Michigan, actually did get to see some playing time a few weeks ago as a true freshman, a preferred walk-on for Jim Harbaugh. He made a joke. What if Ty Jones, what if you have to step up in the fall? What if you have to come in at quarterback? What if you got to play some quarterback if somebody gets hurt? What happens? Ty Jones, because Jesse Madden says some of this stuff in the spring, tell him, let's get you some reps. Let's have you throw some balls. Now he's actually the quarterback, and he's doing a good job. 1,075 passing yards, 14 touchdowns. They've got this winning streak going into effect. Seven touchdowns and two picks during this winning streak, but both of those picks came in one game. He had six touchdowns, zero picks in those first two games. You've got him. You've got Matt White, their leading rusher, at 849 yards on 10 scores. He's also got 186 receiving yards and two touchdowns. He was their leading rusher and receiver in the spring season. Then this young crop of talent, junior Tyler Barcy, 140 receiving yards. You've got Keon Loud, a sophomore, a team high, 360 receiving yards and five touchdowns. You've got the sophomore, Daniel Harper, with 224 yards. Then that freshman, Makari Kenyon. Unbelievable. When I saw him on special teams, every single time he got that ball, you thought there was a good chance that this thing was going to the house, and he did do that, or he brought it all the way. Yeah, I, I think that their early schedule was, was definitely tough. Um, I know they had the cancellation as well, or the postponement of their first game, as many other teams did in that first week, but it, it's been kind of a good story. Uh, we all know how good of a coach uh, Coach Perry is over there reigning coach of the year and you can see why good coaches they eventually are their team's going to get better and better as the season goes on and you've seen this team get better and better they learn the, from the mistakes that they've made and they're such a young young team as well so I, you knew that mistakes were going to happen as you just mentioned three four super young wide receivers on this team but now we go into just a little preview and prediction of this game and James Logan, you better be listening to this one because I know how much crap you guys talked about me when I picked Cal in that first week and all that. So I'm going to call you guys out and I'm going to pick you guys. James Logan's going to win this game. I think that offense is just kind of just really got going the last four weeks. And I think that's going to continue against a really tough defense. But there's a ton of talent. Khalid Robinson, Angelo Forbes, 
And then, you know, you have your quarterback over there who's a great prospect as well. So just, you know, I'm just saying, James Logan, you better be listening to this podcast as well like you were listening to one of that previous podcasts where uh, you didn't like my prediction. So just saying, I better receive some love on Twitter, unlike last time where I got the hate. Wasn't it as soon as you showed up to practice, they pulled up the video from that podcast of you and I picking Cal to win that ball game? That is exactly what happened. <laughs> so I, I, once I get to there, if I go on Friday night or whoever ends up going or if anyone goes, you guys win game of the week. Just saying, you better have that video pulled up of me picking James Logan. Yeah, I think both of us. Pish about Dowd's defense. These last three games, the six points, the 13 points, the eight points, they had that fantastic defense, really a staple of David Perry's tenure so far as the head coach of Bishop O'Dowd. But you know what? If one of us is there, if you guys won game of the week and I'm there, you better give me some hugs. Hug me. Tell me how great that we are, how much we've always supported you guys. And if Greg's there, really hug him because of all the crap that he got at practice there in August. Maybe you even buy him some in and out Maybe you guys buy him some food. Cater him some barbecue, something to make him feel better because you know what? I love this Bishop Without team, but I think James Logan's experience on his home field is going to come through with just enough plays to beat this Bishop Without defense. I think James Logan's going to win a tight one. I think they're going to win this game 28 21 to set themselves up for a league championship. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, it, I think they're going to score 35. Uh, in this game, I think that they're going to continue their hot streak on offense um, in this one. So it's going to be a fun game weekend of games. Um, the slate is wild. I know we will not be able to make everything. So to ensure you're game getting covered, go to game of the week as this will be my final regular season uh, and regular season games, at least that I will be covering this year. So I will probably put a poll out. Where do you want me to go? Where should Greg go? Part three or four, whatever it is at this point. But I will, uh, I will be excited. It will be. What, what's the game that you really want to that you're really looking out for this week that we haven't talked about? There are so many men. The Lathern versus Burling games a big one in that league. Burling game seven and the one MA's on six straight games. Liberty Antioch is a great matchup too. They're in the BVAL. Antioch tied for first place. Liberty right there as well. Only lost at Pittsburgh. That game's in Brentwood. I think the Antioch defense against Nate Bell is a fascinating matchup. Cal against Shannon Valley. That game last year, Cal's up 24-17 the last few minutes. I was there, that crazy game. All of a sudden, Darian already picks up the fumble, returns it for a touchdown. After that pass, they force a fumble. He returns that for a score. They tie this game. All of a sudden, SRE makes a stop. They come back. What do they do? Jack Quigley finds now the San Diego State Town and J.P. Murphy on the right side of the end zone. Just his size, 6'4", 6'5", pulls it down. That's a touchdown. SRE wins that one. Does Cal get revenge? Depending on COVID with Cardinal Newman, Ranch Gattati plays Cardinal Newman on Friday in Roner Park, a huge game. I wish we could have had that Cardinal Newman-Windsor game. But Ranch Gattati is a crazy final two weeks. They've got Cardinal Newman this week. They've got windsor to close out the season in that regular season finale next Friday, November 5th. Clayton Valley Charter against Monta Vista. We got into that one. Los Lomas against Camp Linda. Los Lomas undefeated in the league. So is Benicia. Los Lomas actually plays Benicia next week. So many games. It's going to be hard for us to get all of them, especially with Greg going to a wedding next week. He's going to have a great time. Have fun at that wedding. Don't, don't try to miss us too much. Then Valley Christian against Bellarmine, a big WCAL game. 
gun against Fremont and Sacred Art Prep versus Half Moon Bay. Half Moon Bay is coming off that big one, a hand burling game. It's first loss. You go up and down this list. Livermore Dublin's a great matchup, both five and three teams. Akalani's Miramonte. Deanza versus Pinole Valley. Palo Alto versus Milpitas. There's so many fantastic matchups this weekend. And that doesn't even go into the Saturday ones we've got too with San Marin, Tamalpais. You've got also Sacred Nations versus Reardon. Reardon's coming off that huge win over Sacred Art Cathedral, which I beat Bellman the week before the year of upsets like Greg Wood on the website. Then a 7 1 Petaluma facing 5 and 3 Casa Grande, Live Oak, Santa Teresa. Skyline Oakland Tech. I know they rattle off about 4,500 games. That's how good these final two weeks are, though, in the Bay Area. If we can't cover all of them, don't be offended. We're going to try, but there's so many great games. So if we can't be there, let us know how it goes. Send us your results, your box scores, and we'll be sure to get some stuff about, about you guys at westcoastpreps.com. Yeah, Chris, I said a few, not 40. You know what? There's just so many, I don't want to leave anybody out. Fair enough. So basically what you're saying is if you want to get covered by West Coast Preps, make sure you go go vote on Game of the Week. So that way you're insured to get covered for this week and next Yeah, week. I don't want to hear any complaining. I don't want to hear any complaining or asking us <laughs> on Friday, can we cover your game? Well, you had a chance for Game of the Week. You, you had a chance. You had plenty of chances. That thing lasted from Sunday up until Thursday, even at 8.30 p.m. So you've had plenty of chances. If you want to win – Vote, refresh, vote, refresh, vote, refresh, vote, refresh, vote, and do it again until you ensure that your game wins. But until then, subscribe to our YouTube channel to see all of our interviews. We have a fun one with Taylor Rapp, the Livermore catcher, just committed to Sonoma State. Check that out on our YouTube page. Her story's up at westcoastpreps.com. A lot of feature stories. Follow all of our social media at westcoastpreps underscore and follow all of our coverage, feature stories, rankings, and more at westcoastpreps.com dot com.